0: Hello, cats and kittens, and welcome to this week's installment of Discontent Provider, the podcast that doesn't have a formulaic catchphrase driven introduction, but if it did, it would be the sort of pure comedy dynamite that would explode your sanity and self control instantly, rendering you incapable of doing anything other than parroting it over and over again, and never once tiring of doing so. So, you know. That's the level of wit and brilliance that you could find over the next ten minutes or so. Per- potentially, anyway. Pro- probably not, though. As it-, it simply wouldn't be fair to other podcast people, or, or to you as a listener, come to that. We-, we could do it, though. Don't you worry about that. No, no. A pox on such dissembling. Money shall be put where mouths are, and walks will unquestionably be walked subsequent to talk being talked. And I assure you, my dear podcast pals, that before we're done here this week, I shall give a masterful demonstration of humoresque that shall, in the picturesque phrase dear to the heart of a chap I knew many moons ago, make you laugh your fucking cock off. Apologies should that not be applicable, of course, but the bloke to whom I refer didn't, perhaps unsurprisingly, talk to many ladies, so never felt the need to create a more universal expression. Anyway, as is our habit, Arkham, the world's greatest lurcher, and I are resting a while here in the happy place, wherein the swift current and filthy bottom of the ever-babbling brook provide a metaphor for the human condition that is as accurate as it is pleasing to the ear. Not that we've been short of uh, pleasing sounds or cause for mirth and merriment this past week, of course. Absolutely not. We've had... Chortles are plenty, and some of the loudest and most non partisan have surely had to have been provided by Scotland's former First Minister, claiming that her recent resignation was in no way, not even a teeny tiny bit of any way, connected to the arrest t'other day of her husband Peter Murrell. I mean to say, even those most devoted to the SNP in general, and to Miss Sturgeon in particular, have had to be stifling giggles at that one, eh, what? Her assertion that she had no clue that anything of the sort was in the wind... Does seem a little thin, I'd say. Indeed, the only thing she could have said that would have made her avowals of complete and total surprise at her spouse's collar being felt seem more laughable would have been to issue a statement to the effect that until the rosas turned up, she had no idea that she even had a husband. Of course, we're fair-minded lads here at the Happy Place, so we can concede that maybe she really was, all tuckered out after years of first ministering, and that all this unpleasantness was unholy unanticipated turn of events and the question of a possibly misappropriated £600,000 or poons as they say up there had no bearing whatever on her decision. Anything's possible but given that her normally very outspoken supporters have been keeping relatively mum on the subject on social media I think we can be forgiven for making with the raised eyebrows, the meaningful snorts and the derisive has can we not? Of course, we ought to remember that uh, Mr Merrill was released without charge following a 12-hour period in the garden, not to mention various other gaps related to the SNP were searched. And, oh my word, didn't the old bill handle all that with inestimable t- uh, tact and decency? They, they set up a discreet blue tent in the lad's garden with, as I understand it, a van parked inside it so that exhibits could be uh, removed from the house taken to the cop shop without ever once being subjected to the prying eyes of the press. A nice touch, that, although that they couldn't hide all their doings. According to a Sky News report, a couple of officers were seen in the back garden with spades, but then I suppose it's almost proverbially hard to disguise a spade as anything else, isn't it? We can only infer from such scanty data what the spades were to be used for, but it's certainly a damn sight too late in the day to get the spring bulbs in. The investigation, as the papers are fond of saying, continues, however, and we shall see what we shall see. I'm certainly not saying that either Mr Morell or Mr. Sturgeon have been wetting their beaks, or know where the fiscal bodies are buried, by the way, spades notwithstanding, merely observing that uh, this missing 600 large has been a topic that has exercised the minds of the SNP's detractors for ages now, so it was always on the cards that the topic was going to come up in conversation far more serious and far-reaching than a barely literate Twitter fight. So if we Nippy expected not to receive hearty laughs all round when she says that her stepping down had nothing to do with Mr M getting pinched she really needs to learn a little more about human nature. Again, that's not to say that we ought to assume the worst of the worst of course. Even if her denials of a link between her resignation and her husband's arrest seem disingenuous it doesn't necessarily follow that he or she were on the fiddle. The sad truth is that corporate and political entities are all too vulnerable to springing the odd leak, whereby uh, immense sums can trickle clandestine to some unsavoury financial backwater. And there are any number of staffers, beam counters and what not who could have helped spring them. Again, we shall see. On the subject of funds sloshing indiscriminately around the faulty plumbing of corporate or political bodies, there were, I need hardly say, more yucks being yucked this week across the Atlantic, as America's favourite god king stroke man child was hauled into court to be formally indicted on 34 criminal charges. Naturally, some of the laughter was tinged with uh, an understandable nervousness here. The Donald himself, via his rip roaringly successful platform Truth Social, has already pointed out that, quote, potential death and destruction in such false charges could be catastrophic for our country, unquote. And while some have perhaps predictably seen this as a veiled threat, I'd suggest that it's more of a. Well, it doesn't really even merit the word prediction, does it? Bearing in mind the uncouth antics of his hardcore followers to date, it hardly takes the eerie powers of the late Mother Shipton, or even the less late Dick Meg, to see what might very easily happen should their oddly coiffed Champine be convicted. So, while there's been much fun to be had, if one doesn't actually have to live in the fucking place, in listening to Trump and his crew bluster and splutter in a welter of denials and counter-allegations, the spectre of a real, terrifying shitstorm, led by various oathkeepers, Keepers, Proud Boys and 3%ers, all hopped up on any booze that isn't Bud Light, and the paedopeans of Ted Nugent, does rather put a damper on the festivities. And, God knows, when all's said and done, considering the years of investigation into Trump's political and business life, this raft of charges don't seem to add up to a great deal. So, much as I loathe the man for a crass, soulless braggart, one does rather wonder what the real story is here. Investigations uh, on a number of other matters are still ongoing, so wouldn't the powers that be have been wiser to wait until they really had the goods on the cunt for something genuinely juicy? There is, it must be said, after all, a grain of truth in the claims made by Trump et al., uh, uh, in as much as the main uh, ch- uh, count against him, uh, mischaracterization of $135,000 in hush money paid to Stormy Daniels as legal expenses, is very similar to the Democratic National Committee and Hillary Clinton's campaign team paying for the Steele dossier, the partially proven report linking Trump and members of his organization to Russian government figures. Uh, uh, under the guise of, once again, legal expenses, for which they were only fined. Now, I haven't seen an explicit explanation for why Trump's case is being tried in the criminal courts and the Clinton case was a civil matter, but I'd assume, and I do stand to be corrected here, that the difference is that the DNC and Hillary's offence came under the auspices of political regulation, whereas the alleged payments to Ms Daniels were made by Trump's business, which would make it a matter of corporate fraud of some kind, I suppose. It's a very slight and newest distinction, of course, and one unlikely to be readily comprehended by many, particularly Uh, those with a vested interest in not comprehending it. So one can see why the Trumpers are whatabouting it so uh, vocally. Be that as it may, or mayn't, we can again note that the authorities in the US of A exhibited a similar sense of discretion, perhaps almost of deference to Mr Trump, as accompanied the searching of uh, Peter Morrill's premises. The former president was not handcuffed, there was no mugshot, and nor did he do the iconic perp walk for which many had hoped. Of course, this last point is understandable. Had a police officer done that thing where the suspect's head is given a little push downwards so they don't bash their noggin on the roof of the squad car as they enter it, uh, there's a very strong possibility that his hair might have fallen off, providing a video clip that would, for once, without hyperbole, literally break the internet. No, uh, despite claims made by the freaks at Infowars and the like, that the fact that an ex-POTUS can be charged with a crime is a sure sign that America has become a banana republic, as opposed to, you know, indicating the exact fucking opposite. All in all, the NYCDA, I love American legal stuff, so many initials, it's quite the time saver, uh, they seem to have been pretty accommodating and gentlemanly to the suspected miscreant. Just as the authorities were, now I come to think of it, in the case of Miss Clinton and the DNC. Reports of that little mess imply that uh, they came to an arrangement. It's almost as though Hillary agreed to pay a fine out of the goodness of her heart. All decent people, acting in good faith and what have you. Dash civilised, wouldn't you say? Cosy little arrangements, beneficial to all parties. Hillary and the DNC breast out like good eggs. And that's the end of it. Trump agrees to have his tiny little fingerprints taken, but doesn't have to have a mugshot. And Mr Murrell's paperwork is removed from his home in as discreet a manner possible. It must be nice. It must be nice to be able to call at least some of the shots when the long arm of the law reaches out for you, must it not? Of course, not all of us have that privilege. There are some people to whom the machinery of the state can do pretty much whatever it fancies even if they haven't been accused of any specific or significant crime. And, much to the approval of the public at that. I refer, but naturalment, to the announcement by the government that 500 asylum seekers are to be housed on a huge barge off the coast of Portland, while they are subjected to the interminable business of having their claim for asylum assessed. Now, I can't speak to the conditions on this barge, so I don't know whether or not... uh, it's uh, the conditions above the, uh, above the uh, good ship, send them back, are going to be all that awful or not. Anecdotally, as frequent canal walkers, Arkham here and I know a lot of cats and kittens who live on boats and seem to enjoy it. And um, while I very much doubt that uh, it'll be as snug and cosy as their dinky little berths, I, I doubt that the thing will be as dank and foul as the old prison hulks that uh, so many people are going on about. Many with uh, abject horror, many with unrestrained slavering delight. It's the timing of it uh, all that intrigues me. Is it a coincidence that the Home Office have unveiled this latest scheme during a time when the BBC are airing a new adaptation of Great Expectations? You'll doubtless recall that prison hulks and the conditions thereon loom fairly large in Dickens' novel, and I can't help but feel that the uh, timing here is a little too perfect as the Tories pursue the votes of those with a throbbing boner for the good old days. Not that a lot of their base will have actually watched the bloody thing, of course. Not only is it on the Beeb, but it also features some people of colour. So, you know, it's going to be woke balderdash and a rewriting of history, harumph, harumph, etc, etc. Nevertheless, such is old Chaz's magic that the trials and travails of Magwitch and Compison on those rotting bulges uh, have sunk into the consciousness of millions of Britons So sticking people into anything like that is going to play frightfully well to their target audience. Mind you, it's not been universally well received, has it? The local Tory MP, Richard Drax, and uh, Dorset County Council are planning to fight against the plan and are said to be looking into taking legal action against it. Aside from their concerns for the safety of residents, Mr Drax has raised the point that Portland is almost entirely dependent upon tourism and that the Flotel, as some WAGs have dubbed it, will knacker the area's appeal as a tourist attraction well that's what he says anyway but uh, if if you, <laughs> if you if you ask me I, I reckon that he and the council are just <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry I know it's I know it's really unprofessional of me but it, it's just that I know what's coming Um. I think they're just worried about who's going to have to pay the Portland bill yes Didn't I tell you? I fucking well did, and I was right. Straight out of comedy's top drawer, directly into your ears. Taking flight upon pearlescent wings of pure comedy, I have reached the highest point of all creation, and now look down with scorn upon Olympus itself. Up yours Zeus, Odin, and Tony Hancock. Raise your eyes to the heavens, all ye prophets, seers, and demigods. Behold the Alpha and Omega, Of humour as he urinates all over the lot of you. Be you the Gotama himself or an improv troupe who are really starting to gel as a unit. Shiver, howl and drown in a golden torrent of my perfect wit piss. (laughs) Portland Bill. (laughs) My golly, that's some good stuff right there. And as it's always best to go out on a a high, we might as well wrap it up for another week. Save for the song at the end of, obviously... All that remains for Arkham and myself to do is to thank you for your indulgence, urge you to like, subscribe and share with reckless abandon, and remind you that while we get any facts and quotes as right as ever we can, all opinions herein are just those of a simple anti-folker and should be used for entertainment purposes only. We'll be back next week, so from the silver fox and the black and white dog, cheerio.
1: They've taken my dignity, taken my pride Brother, I've got nowhere to hide It's like I'm a piece of meat on the butcher's slab Lord, help me, cause I'm doing hard time I realize I've got to pay for my crimes But nobody warned me that it would be this bad I normally rise about half past eight, but the heartless hatchet men of the state insisted that my case was heard at nine. I had to get up at six to arrive, had to miss my massage, Lord knows how I'll survive, but that's how it goes when the system is grinding you down. I could only afford the greatest lawyers. They said the best that we can do for you is arrange for a Shunford Rolls Royce to take you to court. I guess this is what you would call rock bottom. My half-flying days are all but forgotten. The car's minibar only had Vovcico by the quart. The bailiffs and cops kept reporters at bay But wouldn't shoot some just to drive them away You'd think that I was an animal trapped in a cage None of the officers tipped their hats Brother, I'll always be haunted by that I guess I've fallen as far as a man can fall be worse I've heard tell about guys being crammed in three to a cell but they've never known any better so what do I care maybe I'll face house arrest for a year I won't have to worry about facing bull queers but missing black tie gala dinners is my kind of hell they say look on the price that went flat on your back but I've been arrested and I ain't even black if money can't buy you justice what is it worth At the end of the day, we must all pay our dues. But nothing's worse than the white collar crime blues. My agent could only get me a five-figure book deal.